2: From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prell and Fermina Kim. This past year, the pandemic pushed millions to move back in with family members at levels not seen since the Great Depression. This was especially true for Gen Z and Millennials. For many cultures across the globe and within the United States, multi generational households are the norm. In the U.S., however, moving in with your parents as an adult carries a stigma and is often considered a failure to launch or an undesirable last resort. We'll talk about what's been good, bad, or surprising about moving back home during the pandemic. And we want to hear from you. Did you move home due to impacts of the pandemic? Did you have family move in with you? How was that? Or how's it going? Email forum at kqed.org and we'll talk about it after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail and Fermina Kim. Millions of people, particularly young adults, boomeranged back to their childhood homes in this past year due to hardships from the pandemic. Whether it was job loss and financial insecurity, health concerns, or the mental toll of isolation, there were a number of push factors sending people back home. And those scenarios made for interesting opportunities for reconciliation or newfound appreciation of family members, and also for triggers or old grudges to resurface. My guests today have both explored this topic through their own personal experience and with their reporting. Joining me now is Sarah Todd, senior reporter at Quartz. She wrote a piece last year titled Moving Back In With Your Parents May Be Your Worst Fear and Your Best Idea Yet. Welcome to Forum, Sarah Todd. Thanks so much. And joining us is Fiza Pirani, an Atlanta based writer and editor. She wrote a recent story for Color Lines titled The Good, The Bad, The Beautiful, Moving Back Home During the Pandemic. Welcome to Forum, Fiza Pirani.
3: Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
2: And we also want to hear from you, our listeners. Did you move home due to impacts of the pandemic? Did you have family move in with you? How was it or how is it still going? What have you learned about yourself, about your relationship with family? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. So, Sarah and Fizza, both of you wrote your pieces on this subject, inspired by your own personal experience with moving back home. Fizza Parani, I'll start with you. You moved back home a little before the pandemic hit in what was supposed to be a short stay, but didn't quite go as planned. Can you tell us about your story and, and current situation?
3: Yeah, of course. So, I moved home um, just a couple months before, I think it was December. I think I moved home around to October, and then December, you know, we started hearing about um, the pandemic and everything and the plan was to stay home for you know five to six months I just quit a full-time job plan to work on a book and move abroad big plans for 2020 um obviously you know things didn't go the way they um that I had planned originally but that's the case for many and I think we're coming on two years now <laughs> oh,
2: wow and in the piece you wrote for Color Lines, you highlight the experience of next generation folk and immigrants in their 20s and 30s. And you talk about growing up in a collectivist South Asian household yourself, where you say moving away can feel like a revolutionary act, especially if you're a woman. Can you talk more about that perspective?
3: Absolutely. So, you know, um, I was born in India, then lived in Saudi Arabia, and then grew up in America and- uh, multiple states but everywhere that I lived you know we always had an aunt or an uncle or grandparent someone was um, like a different generation that was living with us so it was pretty that was like what I had known uh, my entire life and um, I remember you know after graduating from college in Atlanta I brought up the conversation with my parents I was like well you know well I've graduated I've got a job now so you know I'm planning on getting my own apartment and it was like. I mean, I've never seen them so surprised, which I thought was a little bit weird because, you know, we did grow up in America. And so that to me was the norm. Like when you are Mm. able to financially support yourself, you kind of move out. And my parents um, are considered, I think they consider themselves and just among the community, pretty westernized or like modern in that sense. So I was um, shocked myself to see them so surprised at my, um, you know, just initiating that conversation. Um, and I remember when I moved out, my dad was just so upset and so hurt by um, the idea of me leaving, even though I was going maybe 30 minutes down the road. Wow. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> and so I imagine he's been really pleased with being able to have you home these past oh, couple yeah, of years.
3: I have, I have fresh cut mango almost every night ready for me. <laughs> oh.
2: Well, speaking of this mentality and or the norm um, that you mentioned, the American norm, um, Sarah Todd, you spent a few months back home with your parents in the early days of the pandemic. And uh, tell us about your experience with making that decision and what it was like for you.
4: Sure. So for me, it was spurred by um, at the as the very early signs at the beginning of March uh, began to pile up that this was going to be very serious. I was thinking, oh, well, I live by myself and my office was shutting down. And I thought if I'm going to be, you know, isolated, I would rather be isolated with people. So um, my dog and I packed up and drove to Ohio from Brooklyn. And I wound up being there from mid-March to early June. So it was a a pretty long stay. And the longest I'd been with my parents since I was 16. You know, I'd been home, of course, for holidays and other visits, but never that
2: much time together. And you wrote about kind of, you decided to interrogate some of the feelings that you had equating the idea of moving home with failure. Um, Can you talk about that?
4: yeah absolutely. So I think that I had this idea that I'd observed as fizza mentioned this is sort of something that's in uh, American culture. This idea that when you're in when you're an adult when you're after college and in your mid twenties maybe you are supposed to be living independently on your own and building your own life you know eventually. Going again according to heteronormative ideas, but you know, finding a partner and settling down—all all of those things. Um, so for me, the idea of moving back in with my parents was sort of like an admission that I had failed, that I hadn't built this independent life for myself, and that I needed them. Um, And then what I realized over the course of living with them, and then also by talking with some of the researchers that I spoke with for this article, was that, in fact, needing your parents is not something to be ashamed of. If you have a family that you can rely on and depend on, especially when Hard times happen. That's really quite a gift. So my perspective really changed on that.
2: Yeah, and we should add that you know we're very mindful in this conversation that not everyone has had a home or family to turn to. Um, so it's important to to see kind of the the privilege in in having this having a place to go when when times get tough. And in kind of looking at that in, the, in some of the research you did, you also found an interesting um, connections with psychology and, and kind of when we – there was kind of a specific shift when we kind of went from – when we arrived at this mentality that it's like, no, once you're independent, you go and you're off on your own in the U.S.?
4: Exactly. So this is really fascinating. I talked to a journalist named Claudia Kolker, who wrote a a book called The Immigrant Advantage, where she explains sort of the history of the way that Americans think about living together or or apart. And she explained that when the U.S. was mostly agrarian, it was very typical to have all family members living under one roof. Um, That started to change in the 19th century as the idea of marrying for love Took hold, and then also the rise of, of Freudian psychology actually played a big role. Uh, Freud and, and other psychologists talked about how you know your mother and your father are the source of the Oedipus complex and all of these different hmm. issues, and the idea that uh, it was really much healthier for young adults to move out. So. That shift um, started around the 1920s or early 20th century and was further fueled by the post-World War II economic boom, where there was a lot more money going around. And so people could also afford to live on their own as well.
2: Right. And it has been noted that some of what we're seeing here, too, with this current trend around that's connected to the pandemic is an extension of something we are that was happening already particularly with millennials um, since the great um, recession I think uh, fiz that also seemed to come up in some of the stories you heard.
3: Oh definitely um, I think a lot of people have moved home because of expensive rent um, you know not being able to afford um, life without like after they've lost their jobs or their um, scholarships were cut. I think we had a few people that, in my story for Color Lines, that said that, you know, their primary reason was definitely financial.
2: Yeah. Well, briefly before, because we're going to start hearing from from listeners and, and hear, getting calls and, and comments, but I did want to get briefly kind of what's been one of the highlights um, and maybe lowlights or more challenging aspects of moving back home for each of you. Fizz, I know it sounds like the fresh mango has been a a nice (laughs) highlight and touch, but has there been a challenge that you've kind of faced or kind of less pleasant aspect of it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've definitely been blessed. Like my my grandmother recently uh, fell ill and she's okay now, but I think the proximity of me being here has been probably the biggest blessing. Um, But, you know, of course there are challenges. Um, I do a lot of work in immigrant mental health um, and run like a newsletter on the subject. And, you know, I'm very hyper aware of um, generational differences when it comes to talking about how stressed we are and, um, you know, the anxiety or the depression or more severe mental illnesses that we're experiencing. And um, I think that's been the biggest challenge when I'm kind of vocal about my own mental illnesses, I think seeing that generational and cultural barrier um, unfold so often and not being able to maybe get my point across to um, my elder family members, my parents, Mm. that's been probably the most challenging part um, in my experience.
2: And Sarah, what about you? What's a, a highlight and maybe a low light for you?
3: Yeah. So the lowlights
4: are all pretty small potatoes, uh, which I know that I'm lucky to say that, but um, you know, just to stuff like recurring fights with my dad where uh, he doesn't like the way that I load the dishwasher. So he'll unload it and do it again and things like that Where I'm constantly asking him to turn off the TV news cause he likes to leave it on all day. Um, but pretty, pretty usual bickering level yeah. stuff. Uh, and then in terms of the highlight, I would say just getting to spend so much time with my parents was so lovely. It made me realize that I'd really miss them. And, you know, now that I'm I'm not living at home anymore, I'm going back to visit them much more frequently. They're now fully vaccinated. So that uh, that fear is uh, has been eased. Mm. And I think that it's really caused a sort of permanent shift in our relationship with, with one another, which is great.
2: Well, we can talk about that more when we come back after the break. We're talking about adults moving in with parents or family during the pandemic with Sarah Todd, senior reporter for Quartz and Pirani, writer and editor. And we want to hear from you, our listeners. Did you move home due to the pan- due to impacts of the pandemic? And did you have family move in with you? What's been your experience? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And we'll have more after the break. I'm Ariana Prail. This is Forum. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prale in Fermina Kim. We're talking about adults moving back in with their parents or family during the pandemic due to hardships that they've been facing. I'm talking with Sarah Todd, senior reporter for Quartz and Fiza Pirani, an Atlanta-based writer and editor. And before the show, we put a call out prior to today's show as well, asking for people to share their experiences with moving back home. And we received this voicemail from listener Caitlin in Alameda. Let's hear it. Hi,
5: my name is Caitlin and I'm calling from Alameda, California. I am 33 years old and I recently moved home from uh, living abroad in Mexico to be with my parents. Uh, My mom got uh, diagnosed with cancer and we decided that in order for me to better support my family, it was best if I just came home to to live with my parents. And I'm a teacher, so I've been teaching remotely, and will continue to do so, um, albeit in a different time zone. But I must say, being 33 years old and uh, living with my family is both an absolute pleasure because I can be here and be safe with the people that I love. Um, and be able to give them whatever support that they need. But it's also been a bit, um, it kind of feels like a step back in a way because as a 33-year-old, there are a lot of expectations to be establishing your own home, uh, your own life, and being in the house that you grew up in and uh, were a child and as an adult has a, a very interesting psychological effect on, on how you perceive yourself and maybe how we think people perceive us. So I just wanted to weigh in with my experience and say, I'm really glad I'm not alone, Um, but also I feel you to all the people who are going through a similar um, positive and maybe difficult experience.
2: Well, Sarah Todd, Caitlin brings up some of that psychological element of transplanting back that can feel a little strange and like you're actually transporting back in time a little to your childhood. Do you have any reactions to what she shared? And did you have any sort of reflections with that kind of dynamic when you were back home?
4: Absolutely. And I think that can be a really common challenge for a lot of uh, adult children who move back in with their parents. I, uh, over the course of reporting this article, I also talked to a woman who studies those those kinds of relationship dynamics, and she really emphasized the importance of establishing boundaries. So things like uh, saying beforehand, okay, as long as I'm here, I'll be sure to do the dishes and take out the garbage. And if you can be sure not to knock on my door between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., because that's when I'm working, you know, laying out the ground rules, I think, can be really useful in helping to fend off some of those regressive tendencies. Hmm. And then she also said for parents of the adult children, Uh, It's really important just to keep in mind, this isn't your baby anymore. They are an adult and they do have their own lives to lead. So, you know, expecting them to come home at a certain time, things like that, you have to just be super aware of, of those thoughts and check yourself on them.
2: And Fiziparani, Caitlin's story also reminds me of one of the stories you featured, um, Esther Kim, a daughter of Korean immigrants whose father was diagnosed with cancer in March of last year, and she moved back to help care for him. That's also a really common theme theme in terms of um, helping, ca- with, helping with caretaking. Can you share a bit of Esther's story?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, Esther had been, uh, she's a daughter of Korean immigrants, and you know, she moved home when um, she found out her father was diagnosed with cancer, as you said. And it had been the first time in many, many years um, since her and her sister and her parents like lived under the same roof. Um, and, you know, she mentioned that all those kind of minor clashes, like uh, commonly in the kitchen with um, cooking, those kind of faded into the background um, as, you know, the family was very focused on caring for her father. And, you know, um, at the end of um, our interview, I remember her saying, you know, I'm I'm really going to miss this. Like her father's all all better now, um, thankfully. But she's really she's going to miss um, all the even the small bickering. But being able to be under the same roof um, at that age and, you know, you're not really sure when that's going to happen again.
2: Right. Right. Well, let's go to caller Maureen in Berkeley. Maureen, you're on.
1: Hi. So I have a similar story. I moved back to Illinois to live with my parents for a few years after my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I also brought along my two young children. So we were really actually enjoying our time there. We were focusing a lot on caring for my dad during his diagnosis, but it was just really unique and special to have my two young kids there as well, because we were able to create these memories together and then also introduce them to my life in Illinois as a child, like just to see them do similar things that I did when I was young and interact with my parents in a similar way. It was actually really special. And of course we had our, our moments at times that were not so great, but um, I, I really was, I looked back on that time fondly and, I'm so glad that I was able to bring my children with me uh, and even my husband for a short period of time. And we all lived together for uh, about three months with, at my parents' house.
2: Thank you for sharing your story with us, Maureen. And Fizaprani, can you speak a little bit more about some of the opportunities that you from the uh, people you interviewed and spoke to the opportunities to kind of come together, I guess more of the beautiful in, in your, the good, the bad, the beautiful um, headline of what you heard.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one story that really comes to mind um, is Julia Sarabia. She uh, is a 27 year old who moved in with her estranged father in Tijuana, Mexico um, after she graduated from college um, here in, in California. And, you know, her father and her haven't hadn't really had much of a relationship and the main reason that she moved um in with him was because her um mother who lived in california didn't have space for her and there was more space in tijuana and so she kind of jumped at the chance um to move in with him and kind of see you know like how it would be and i think for her um what was beautiful was you know there was obviously like the cultural barrier the even language barrier but the way that he would kind of show his um, love was in ways like replacing her tire's hubcaps or um, bringing her chocolate milk. Um, and it was like little things that she had never really experienced growing up that kind of um, made her realize or be more open with him in a way that was different from the way that she um, was open with her mother because they were kind of you know, meeting at this point where they're both adults. So she was seeing him as not just um, you know, a parental figure for the first time, but almost as an equal. And um, sh- I remember her saying it was very interesting and very strange at the same time, but um, also really eye-opening for her in terms of understanding the immigration policies that kind of were also the barriers between um, the family and what also you know, made the family spit a little bit tougher on her. Mm. But I think that realization for her and just the that first time connection as an adult with a parental figure that you haven't really known um, for her, it she, it was very beautiful for her.
2: Yeah, and provided space for that. Reminder, we're talking about adults moving in with parents or family during the pandemic with Sarah Todd, senior reporter at Quartz and Fiza Parani, writer and editor. She wrote a recent story, The Good, The Bad, The Beautiful, Moving Back Home During the Pandemic. And Sarah Todd's piece for Quartz was titled Moving Back In With Your Parents, Maybe Your Worst Fear and Your Best Idea Yet. I'm going to read a couple comments we're getting. Navi writes, I'm moving out of my shoebox of a studio in Oakland back to my parents who live a short drive away. While there's the satisfaction I'm not giving a landlord free money and I'm leaving a neglected building, the fact I'm moving back makes me feel like a loser. I'm 36 and everyone else my age is married with children and own homes and I'm ripping off a Band-Aid with my parents. But the plus side is I can get to a better financial state quicker. And Michael writes, even before the pandemic, my now 29 year old said, some people say if you move back in with your parents, you're a loser. I think you're just being economical. So kind of two um, kind of thoughts on that side. But Sarah Todd really speaking to this larger narrative that that folks are contending with in terms of of failure or feeling like a loser. Yeah. And it's. Oh, Sarah, did we lose you? I think, okay, we're going to try and reconnect with Sarah, but um, Fizza, do you have any reflections on, on hearing those comments and that kind of judgment we see? Oh, and I think we might have lost both of them. Okay, uh, well, let's go to a caller, Sarah in Berkeley. Sarah, you're on.
5: Hi. Yes, lots of Sarahs. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> My my comment is I so I live in California. Um, I'm the only person of my family to live in California. The rest of my family lives in New England, and I haven't seen them in over a year. And I just had that that fear when the pandemic started. Like, what if this is the last time I get to see my family? Mm. Um, and just sort of fear a little bit of guilt. Like, maybe I should move home. Why am I so far away? but just all of those complicated emotions of not being closer to family in a really scary time.
2: Yeah, and that is reminding me I I've had the experience myself of living with parents as an adult. It wasn't during um the pandemic, but it there was this there were times where I did think like, "Oh, this is actually a really valuable time that I should you know, feel grateful for at the same time that it also felt really challenging. And I was contending with those, with those feelings of, "Uh, this is not, you know, my optimal choice of where I'd want to be right now. Um, But it's interesting how we can go through some of that, that push and pull.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience, Sarah. And Um, A reminder to our listeners that you can weigh in with your stories and your experiences. If you moved home due to impacts of the pandemic or if you have family or if you had family move in with you, let us know what your experience has been. You can give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And I'm going to go ahead and read some more comments. Asher tweets, My mom moved in with me in California from Florida in January 2020. It was supposed to be temporary. Then COVID hit, and she's been here since. At first, it was all the bickering with two independent people stuck together. But now we're in a smooth groove. And Irina tweets, I'm 22 and at college, and I was living at home before the pandemic for financial reasons. I usually get weird looks from people when I tell them that I'm still at home, especially from my peers at college who live on their own, as if I'm sponging off my parents. And all right, and we have – Sarah Todd, I know we were in mid thought with you before we lost you for for a moment. Um, but was asking to to get your comments on some of the comments I read around kind of feeling like a loser but then also seeing well there's a financial benefit but it's kind of this push and pull of of the self judgment we might hold in our in our heads.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself a bit. I don't know when I cut out. Oh um, uh, you cut out just
2: after a couple words so you can Oh
4: okay so I can repeat the whole thought. Yeah. um so I was saying I think first of all that's entirely understandable I think a lot of people feel that way but it's helpful to remember that that is a specifically american phenomenon and in particular often a sort of like recent white middle class american phenomenon there are a lot of different cultures that feel differently and uh, live differently as well so if you're thinking about anything from In Italy, the average age that people get married is in their mid to late 30s, and they live with their parents until then. And there's no sort of stigma associated with that idea to the fact that in the U.S., you know, a lot of people who are in lower income families, it's typical to live in multi-generational households because that saves money. And there's certainly no no shame at all in that. In fact, you know, we were talking with some listeners earlier. It's not only economically smart, but economic dependence leads to uh, relational interdependence as well and i think that's a really helpful way of thinking about it too if you're moving back in with your parents it doesn't mean that you're regressing to a relationship where you rely on them it's much more of a mutual support relationship and that's something that i think is actually quite a beautiful thing and shouldn't be underestimated
2: Yes, I have this comment from John about a silver lining. He writes, I made the decision to move back to my mom's in September 2019. She has numerous health issues and is a fall risk. I was aware of the Western bias against these situations, whereas in most other cultures, it's normal. I just wanted to allow her the quality of life she's enjoyed for a little while longer. Then the pandemic reared its ugly head. My company laid off most of our staff and now I no longer have to commute into San Francisco five days a week. I do all the shopping and cook all the meals. The garden is thriving and I'm getting the house back into shape. So there is a silver lining. And um, Fizipirani can you speak, um, share some more of what you found as silver linings in your reporting?
3: Yeah, first of all, I love that story. It really yeah. reminded me of um, Mithali uh, Chakraborty, who actually, she was um, 39 when she moved back in with her uh, mom in Chattanooga in Tennessee. And, you know, she talked so much about how, like, before uh, she moved back home with her mom um, at the start of the pandemic, she was, like, eating and praying and loving, like, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, traveling the world, and no one um, that she knew, like, would really, like, imagine her staying put, um, especially, like, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, um, you know, she talked about how she like started cooking the meals for her family and when her sister who lives in atlanta not too far from chattanooga um gave birth she was you know became that point person like the the godmother and it really kind of reaffirmed her role as caregiver in a way that she really embraced and you know she had she's always been kind of maternal and um even though she doesn't have children of her own like this time spent at home really kind of reaffirmed her love of family and caring for family. And I thought that was beautiful and really reminded me of um, our recent caller.
2: Well, let's go to another caller, Mark in Sacramento. You're on.
7: Hey, good morning. Um, First of all, I appreciate this conversation, you guys. Um, So I, I'm in my fifties and I'm a divorced dad of two, two boys. Um, I actually had my mom move back, move in with me about seven years ago because of, um, Health issues and she's dependent and whatnot. But over this past year, because we, because I've had to, you know, strip down to the bubble, and um, like I had to get rid of the house cleaner and that kind of thing, and really control um, exposure. Uh, when I've had to, when I have had to uh, be for extended periods, like for work or a weekend or something, I've had um, my boys come and stay with my mom, uh, which is something I didn't do regularly before. Um, so my silver lining, I guess, is that um, the, the boys have been able to spend more time with their grand, grandma and vice versa. And, and then just, you know, all the health concerns and the, the stress with just going shopping and making sure you, you're, you stay safe and everything. So, but my mom is now fully vaccinated for about a month. I had my first shot. So we're on the
4: way.
2: Wow, that's great to hear. And Sarah Todd, do you have any reflections on, on what Mark shared
4: Yeah, you know, I think that speaking about the relationship between grandparents and children and how intergenerational living can really foster and deepen those relationships, I think, is another sort of under-discussed upside. And it has not just huge emotional benefits, but big practical benefits as well. I spoke with a woman for my story who also has two kids and is living with her parents. And she talked about how it made her reflect on Maybe the traditional nuclear family isn't everything that it's cracked up to be because it's so helpful to have not just one partner, but two other adults who are around to help care for the kids and make it easy for her to run out to for an errand or to pick up the kids after school. So I think there are a lot of beneficial aspects to that kind of arrangement as well.
2: We're talking about adults moving in with parents or family during the pandemic with Sarah Todd, senior reporter for Quartz and Physiperani Atlanta-based writer and editor. And you, our listeners, did you move home due to impacts of the pandemic? Did you have family move in with you? And what's been your experience? How's it going? Or how did it go? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. I'm Ariana Prale. More Forum coming up after the break. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail and Fermina Kim. We're talking about adults moving in with parents or family during the pandemic. And I'm joined by Sarah Todd, senior reporter for Quartz, and Fiza Atlanta-based writer and editor. And let's go to another caller now. Nala Yini in San Jose. You're on.
5: Hi. Um, I haven't had anyone moved in with me. I'm, I'm in my 60s. Um, but I did have somebody move in, my kids move in a while ago. And I wonder whether you've talked about how the parents uh, parents uh, think, because um, I've lived an independent life for a long time without them in the house, and suddenly mm. I'm constricted. Uh, it's challenging for me, too.
2: Interesting. Yeah. So, Sarah Todd or Fiziparani, did either of you hear stories where the parents were maybe, you know, also having to adjust to, to not having free reign with their home again? Yeah, I spoke with one
4: woman named Susan Newman, who is an expert on these kinds of relationships, and she spoke a bit about having her adult children move in with her as well. And I think that it is, you know, it's perfectly reasonable for parents to be like, I'm not sure that I want my kids back in my space. And, you know, they maybe don't want to regress to a dynamic where they're picking up their kids' clothing off the floor and that kind of thing. I think it makes sense that there can be some doubt mixed in there. Um, One tip that Susan had that I thought was really great was to to emphasize formality in relationships when you're moving in with your with your parents or with your adult children so she said think of them as your roommates not as your parents in terms of the living situation set up treat them with the same sort of politeness and courtesy and respect that you would extend to somebody who you didn't know so intimately
2: And Sarah, you'd also written about how moving back home had presented an opportunity to recognize your parents' humanity and see them in a different light. Can you speak a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think for a lot of people who the last time that they lived with their parents was as a teenager, at that time, you're very focused on yourself. And you're if you're anything like me, perhaps very angsty, uh, prone to getting into silly fights with your parents. So moving back in with my parents, for me was a chance to see them not as my caretakers, but as fully fledged independent adults, you know, my mom and I would Go for walks in the middle of the day. She's a psychologist, and she would tell me about, you know, her problems that she was thinking about at work. And with my dad, you know, we started just really deepening our relationship as well. And I started spending more time with him, doing learning about his interests, you know, looking through old family photos and things like that. So I think that it can also really give you a sense to develop a more adult relationship with your parents for sure.
2: Fizapirani, did you have any? Um, new insights to your to your parents lives. Um, And I know you said you'd you work kind of looking at mental health issues as well. Is that something that's kind of made you a little bit more attuned to maybe the different things that your own family members are experiencing?
3: Yeah, absolutely. This is a great question. Um, And something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, My parents are both physicians. And so they've seen um, a lot of, you know, the worst of the pandemic. And as I had mentioned before, um, you know, talking about stress or anxiety or depression or any mental illness is just not very it doesn't come very naturally to them um but you know they've had a lot of patients um pass away this year um that had been with them forever and i think having you know asking them um how they're really feeling and like starting those conversations i've seen them open up in ways that i don't remember as a teenager or i think would have been really challenging if um you know i didn't have that didn't see eye to eye with them in a very adult manner. And I loved what Sarah had actually said about um, creating, um, you know, formalities. That's something that um, I've started to kind of develop here when it comes to just chores and like things like that. You know, I'll take the laundry, dry cleaning, like kind of like lowering their load a little bit. So it's kind of like a roommate situation where you, um, you know, someone brings the groceries this week and someone brings them next week. Um, It's kind of become like that. And I think that's been really helpful.
2: Well, Yvonne writes, my 35-year-old son had moved back in with me when he and his girlfriend broke up in January 2020. He was between residences. When pandemic hit, he stayed, got laid off from his job, and for six months we were together, cooking, taking care of the yard, the pets— he braved the grocery stores, etc., for me. I got to know him better as an adult, and was grateful to have him with me during the pandemic. I'm 71. We went back to work in August and moved into and he moved into his own place. We will probably never have that time again. I see it as a bright spot in the pandemic. So interesting, there two way where she's she got to know her son um, as an adult. So kind of seeing that both dynamic that dynamic works both ways. Let's go to another caller, Cynthia in Marin. Cynthia, you're on. <laughs>
6: Hi. Uh thank you for taking my call. Yes. I'm uh I hello? Yes, go ahead. Uh yeah, I'm calling because um I've really been on both sides of this. I had the experience in my 20s of getting um going home for a family funeral and spending oh, 10 days in a blizzard with my nuclear family that I hadn't lived with in, you know, 10 years. Um and and now I've had the experience as a parent of having my kids Come back to live with us, mm-hmm. and I just see those times as such a blessing. Um, I still think back really fondly on being stuck at home uh, with my own nuclear family and 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 feeling like an adult with my parents mm. um, and and siblings and um, I just think it's it's remarkable to have that experience in our culture yeah. um. Uh, in many, you know, in many families, of being able to come together as adults and and form more of a respectful, appreciative, peer um, and partner kind of relationship with kids. It's yeah. just uh, it's the it's the the silver lining for me in in these kinds of
2: experiences. Well, thank you for sharing your experience with us, Cynthia. And we have a comment from Lloyd who writes, the LGBTQ community has a unique set of issues to contend with this trend. It would be nice to hear more about this demographics experience during the pandemic and what resources they can rely on. I'm not sure necessarily about the resources aspect, unfortunately, but Sarah Todd, do you have any um, reflections for Lloyd?
4: Oh, I think that that's a great point. And I have to admit that that isn't I didn't specifically look at the LGBTQ community for this story. So I'm not sure that I can speak to um, specifics. But thinking through some of the challenges, I'd, I'd love to hear more from listeners about what they are. But I can certainly see if you're perhaps if your parents aren't accepting or if there's some tension about that, how that could be an issue that would come up for sure.
2: Fizoprani, is there anything you'd like to add? Okay, if not, but I think just important to acknowledge.
3: Yeah, I I definitely wish that um, I did have more insight on that. But something that might be a little bit similar, um, although definitely not comparable um, completely, would be like a lot of um, young immigrants who are moving home who've had pretty... Um, difficult relationships with their parents never really um, had a bond to create Um, that's actually unfortunately rather common in a lot of um, generational multi-generational households Um, and I I saw a lot of that Um, I wish I did have more insight or resources though
2: well thank you to listener Lloyd for um, for bringing that to attention in the segment now let's go to another caller let's go to Alex in Oakland Alex you're on
9: Hi, yeah, thank you so much for um, for taking this call and for the conversation. Um, so I, my father had a stroke during the pandemic, um, and it coincided with a, uh, a breakup of someone that I was living with. Uh, and so I ended up moving back to the Bay Area to live with my grandfather, who's close by, and so the combination of... Um, living with my grandfather and building a new relationship with him, you know, asking all the questions I didn't ask as a kid. And uh, and also the responsibility of and kind of comradeship of uh, helping my family care for, for my father has been um, just really grounding through this otherwise, you know, isolating time. Um, and I'm, I'm 26. It's been an experience that has, I feel like, built a pretty strong foundation for The next chapter, um, whatever that happens to be. So um, certainly challenges, but it's been a great experience and I relate to a lot of the things that um, have been said on the show before.
2: Thank you for sharing your story with us, Alex. Fizza Parani, do you have any reflections on Alex?
3: Yeah, um, definitely a more personal reflection. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show um, that my my grandmother fell ill and um, she's all better now, but you know, she's going, she was in the hospital in the ICU and then in rehab for about a month. And um, at this point, I was the only grandchild really here around like proximity wise. And um, it was often like a real blessing for me to be able to just drive my grandfather to go see her or like, you know, go to the hospital parking lot and bring food and things like that. And I mean, I, I know that I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was a little farther away.
2: Well, J.L. writes, I found it helps to refer to your parents as quote unquote senior roommates when I was obliged to live with mine a few years back. Much better for my self esteem, although it was mutually beneficial for all concerned in ways too numerous to list here. Sarah Todd, what's your take on the senior roommates? (laughs) Label. <laughs>
4: I love that. Yeah. And I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation about how instating certain formalities can be really helpful um, with parents. And I think also psychologically as well, if it helps you to say I'm not living with my parents, I, I just have senior roommates. I think that's a great idea.
2: Yeah, and Pam writes, it's really only been three, maybe four generations of Americans for whom this idea of moving out and being independent is the norm. And that's just white, middle and upper um, upper class Americans. As with so many things lately, we may need to rethink what's normal. And I think that really is presenting, you know, the con- you know, the idea that the way we frame things matters, our concepts of what being a quote unquote adult looks like. And the pandemic is one of these... Um, events in our history that is kind of shredding up a lot of the kind of just definitions that we've, um, we've known and accepted. Because um, when you're in survival mode, you kind of things go, um, go out the window in a lot of ways. Um, Fizaprani what are your thoughts on kind of whether, you know, this might have some lasting impact on how we view individualism and how we view collectivism in the U.S.?
3: Yeah, I think um, a lot of the younger generation and current generations, pre- pretty much everyone is kind of questioning, you know, individualism and its benefits, um, and really looking at, you know, its setbacks as well. I mean, I grew up like in an immigrant household, survival was always the goal. Um, and so it made sense, right, to share the rent and share the resources that we have and it almost like makes you question why aren't we doing that why isn't the norm I mean we have limited resources as we see and the pandemic has made that very clear sharing resources just seems like the smart thing to do um and yeah I mean like it it really I've always questioned it um and especially right now I've had two best friends who have lost their fathers to the pandemic who have moved home and for them it's it's peace at home you know like to Mm. be with to grieve with your family again. Um, they're lucky to be able to do that. Most Many people are not right now with distance, geographical distance, um, whether they're in the same state or the same country. You know, being able to mourn together, that's part of the communal, that's part of the kind of going against the individualistic um, norm that's kind of fallen on us in the last just few centuries, not centuries, generations.
2: Reminder, we're talking about adults moving in with parents or family during the pandemic with Sarah Todd, senior reporter at Quartz and Fiza a writer and editor. Sarah Todd, I want to get your – I'm Ariana Prale. Sorry. I'm Ariana Prale. You're listening to Forum. Uh, Sarah Todd, I wanted to get your thoughts on that question as well of whether you think we'll have a lasting impact um, on how we view individualism and collectivism here in the, in the States.
4: Yeah, I certainly hope so, because I think that your listeners are right that we're absolutely overdue for a, a reframe and reset of our notions. You know, we talk a lot in the U.S. and in other countries, I know in the U.K., about the loneliness crisis. And I think part of the reason that people are so lonely is because we have this emphasis on individualism and striking out on your own. And, you know, no wonder people feel lonely in that situation. One of the the professors that I spoke with for my story pointed out, you know, a lot of other cultures just consider having a lot of people around more pleasant. So in addition to the practical economic reasons for intergenerational living, there's also just the fact that people generally enjoy having, you know, a, a big dinner table and it's loud and everyone's laughing. And that can be really lovely. So I think it's certainly time to reevaluate our ideas about when people are supposed to move out, if they're supposed to move out, and even, you know, going through your whole life, if the ideal situation is really the nuclear family setup, or maybe something a little different from that.
2: We have a comment from Diane, who writes, you're all blessed to have the opportunity to live with your parents as adults. I lost both parents by the time I was 24. I wish I'd had what you're talking about. Uh, just a reminder again of the um what many have said has having the the blessing of or the the opportunity to spend this time. Um just some any final reflections um from each of you on on some of those takeaways of getting to have mundane moments and and maybe reconcile or um just experience time with with your family. Fizzapurani. Yeah,
3: well um it's been, it's been a real eye-opening experience. It's something that when I look back, you know, the pandemic has definitely brought so much pain um, across the board in so many ways, but it is the mundane moments that I'll probably remember. Like, you know, the cut fruit, um, I'll remember that probably most of all um, when and if I do move out. Um, But yeah, I mean, just hearing about, so many people who aren't able to come home because they don't feel like home is a safe environment or if they don't have a quote-unquote home um, that looks like a nuclear family or like parents or anything like that it you know it makes you question um, what is home and it really makes you grateful for whatever you do make of it.
2: Sarah Todd your final thought. Yeah, I just
4: add that, you know, I think that it's absolutely true that it's a privilege to be able to live with your parents or other family members who you can count on. And I would say, too, that I don't want when I'm talking about the benefits of intergenerational living or interdependence, I think that. People who don't have a biological family that they feel that they can live with may be able to benefit from some of these same principles with a chosen family. You know, blood isn't what determines family. It's it's our own decisions about that. So, you know, I know people who have created their own extended families. And to an earlier listener's point, I think that's a really popular notion in the LGBT community. So I just add that a lot of the same principles can apply.
2: Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Thought And that's a great note to end on. Thank you to Sarah Todd, senior reporter at Quartz and Fiza writer and editor for this conversation today. Thanks so much for joining us. And before we close, we mentioned briefly yesterday on Forum that our longtime KQED colleague Penny Nelson passed away. Uh, here's Forum's Mina Kim. Penny Nelson was quick to laugh. She was able to see the humor in every situation, whether it be a mishap on air or an awkward moment in a staff meeting. She would guest host forum with empathy and an insatiable curiosity and could make any piece of written copy sing. Penny loved to travel. She'd love to tell stories of her time as a zookeeper. She loved people. My favorite memory of Penny is her waving and flirting with the window washers on scaffolding through our newsroom window. Penny's love of life helped her brave a brain tumor and stay positive
5: through it all. We will miss Penny's smiles and hugs and
2: her voice on this program.
8: The end of 2016 could not come soon enough for some. Rather than dwelling on all that, in the hour ahead, we look forward, asking artists and thinkers in the Bay Area what makes them optimistic for 2017. And we want to hear from you, our listeners. What are you optimistic about for the new year? Forum is up next after this.
5: From your Forum family, rest in peace, Penny.
2: Indeed, rest in peace, Penny. Forum is produced by myself, Blanca Torres, and Grace Wan. Susan Britton is lead producer. Our interim senior editor is Judy Campbell. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin. Our interns are Leslie Torres and Kim Bari. Our executive editor is Ethan tobin Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Mina Kim will be back on Monday. I'm Ariana Prail. This is Forum. Have a good weekend.
0: Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera.